You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. Coming up, Nicole tells your fortune. Looking ahead. So get out your crystal and stay tuned with Mistress Nicole. All dressed in leather, you won't forget her. You want to love her and you won't let go. Who's that woman, crazy woman, Nicole? Aha, we made it to a Friday. And it's Friday the 13th. So we got that going for Friday the 13th. All right, it's not a full moon anymore, but it was just like a day or two ago. And Mercury's in retrograde. What more could you ask for? Well, um, (laughs) I'm keeping my fingers crossed that today goes according to plan because Rebecca Jones is supposed to be here. Now, if the name doesn't mean anything to you, but you're going, I think that sounds familiar. Rebecca Jones is the climate. She is a scientist. She's a she who worked for the Florida Department of Health. And um, she when COVID broke out, she started tracking the cases in Florida and took it upon herself to build basically a a dashboard to track the infections. And well, that's where it starts getting a little fuzzy because, you know, we have a governor in this state who I like to call death sentence because Because of how he governed during COVID. He denied that it was a thing. He told kids not to wear masks. He told people not to get vaccinated. Uh, He opened up the state before it was ready to be reopened. And we had probably more deaths in Florida than any other state in the country per capita. But we won't know that for sure. Because when Rebecca Jones attempted to report accurate numbers... He smeared her, he demeaned her, he fired her. He had the cops raid her house. He had them pull guns on her young children. And this woman has been so vilified that honestly, um, even people that I know who know better are using those Republican smearing talking points. Well, I don't buy it. 
And so I've been wanting to talk to Rebecca Jones, and I finally connected with her uh, over the last couple of weeks uh, via email. And she's supposed to be our guest today. She's supposed to join us in about 15, 20 minutes or so. Now, here's the problem. She did confirm with me like two days ago, but I haven't heard from her since. And, you know, I'm a little little nervous because I, I sent her an email last night. And I reiterate, because she doesn't know me. We don't know each other. We've never spoken. I actually gave her my phone number. I said, if you want to talk before the show, feel free to call. Not only didn't she call, but she hasn't even responded to the email. But I'm hoping that the prior confirmation means that she will be here. So she has the Zoom invitation. And at about 5.20, she's supposed to log on to Zoom. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that 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 happens because I'm looking forward to talking to her. If it doesn't happen, we'll figure something else out. But I think she'll be here. And good, because we need to get to the bottom of this. Uh, At a time when there's so much to get to the bottom of, I I don't even know where to start. But I guess I start with another death. You know, I was pretty devastated about the news of Jeff Beck. Now, I'd never met Jeff Beck, never interviewed him. All I know is is that uh, from the time I was probably 16 years old, I was a huge fan uh, because he is a, um, he, he was a, 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 an amazing guitar player. Anyway, last night, yesterday afternoon, actually after the show, I saw the news. I, I heard a new, saw a breaking news story that Lisa Marie Presley had been taken to the hospital suffering cardiac arrest. And I'll tell you something. It brought me back, I hate to say it, to Michael Jackson, because when he died, it was the same. That's what we heard. Oh, a cardiac arrest. He's at the hospital. And then a few hours later, we heard she died. Now, again, I never met Lisa Marie Presley. I was not an Elvis fan. I'm more of an Elvis Costello than an Elvis Presley fan. But it's that six degrees of separation thing. And actually, in my case, it's two because one of my closest friends was very close with Lisa Marie. In fact, Angela McCluskey, who is a singer, she sang with a band called Wild Colonials and telepop music, and she's everywhere. Um, she is the godmother to Riley Keough, who, uh, who is uh, Lisa Marie's oldest daughter. See, I met, I knew... Uh, her first husband, Danny Keough, who I met through my friend Angela. My friend Angela McCluskey was my social director when I lived in Los Angeles, and she introduced everybody. Anybody who knew anybody, they they met through uh, Angela. And here here's an example. I'll, I'll show you a picture uh, because I just I googled Angela McCluskey and and Lisa Marie Presley, and this photo came up. It was from some premiere of, you know, some big event. And that's Angela on the left and her husband, Paul Cantillon, who's an amazing uh, violinist and pianist. And there was Lisa Marie Presley and her fourth husband, her last husband, Michael Tomlinson, I think was his name. Um, Again, I, I got to know Danny a little bit through Angela. And I had heard the stories of Riley Keough, who is an actress and a model in her own right. Um, And it's just, you know what, when I heard the news, my heart immediately went to my friend Angela. And, you know, I checked her um, Facebook page. 
And of course, she's got pictures and um, I could tell she's hurting. And here's what she wrote. I don't know where to begin because my brain won't accept it. Lisa was a tiger in life, a giant heart with unending courage. She fought against injustice, literally wherever she found it. She tried to be good at life and never gave up on truth in her journey and never gave up on truth in her journey. Her sense of humor reached every corner from the bawdiest to the driest. Many an original turn of phrase I swiped from her throwaway lines. I want to speak more in depth, but that will take a few days as I'm still not taking this in. Thank you, everyone, for your messages. My heart is grieving for the family right now. Um, and that's what it is. And, and um, you know, I have another friend who's his a rock and roller named John Eddy, who I haven't seen in years. But Priscilla Presley had a thing for John Eddy. And they were very, very close. And, um, you know, I, and I went to his Facebook page just to see what he had to say. And he's like, Lisa doesn't know it, but she ch- didn't know it, but she changed my life. And he, he br- brought her on tour. They, they went on tour together. So, you know, look, it's, it is the circle of life and it's sad and people live and they die. But she was 54 years old. My God, hasn't that family had enough tragedy? It's just tragic. It's just, just tragic. So anyway, uh, I thought I would mention that today because, uh, you know, it's part of life, and I guess we need to deal with it. So I, I, I kind of like to ignore it and, and hope it'll go away, but it doesn't go away. Yeah, it just, you know, boy, she didn't need this. Just didn't need this. So um, anyway, I guess nobody needs to die. Uh, all right, so there's news today. Oh, the Trump Organization, you know, was found guilty in the case that... that uh, um, um, just finished last week in Manhattan. And uh, so they were hit with a maximum fine, $1.6 million. I think I heard someone say this morning, that fine would not even purchase an apartment in Trump Tower. What can I tell you? What can I tell you? I don't know. It, it just, it, you know, the world is mad. And then... You know, you've got today's Republican Party, and I just don't know what to say about them anymore. I, I really don't. It's um, <clears throat> they are they're they're fucking nuts. They really are. And now we hear from Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, who sent a letter this morning to Kevin McCarthy, who now is incredulously the Speaker of the House and other congressional leaders urging them to act promptly to raise the debt ceiling and avoid defaulting. You see, Yellen wrote that the debt is projected to reach its statutory limit on Thursday. That's a week from yesterday. Though she says it is, quote, unlikely that cash and extraordinary measures will be exhausted before early June. Early June, we have that much leeway? Okay, so, you know, they do the ex- uh, extraordinary measures. But I guess she's sounding the alarm early. Because this Republican Party, today's Republican Party, who now controls the House of Representatives, who controls the purse strings, is saying that they will not raise the debt ceiling. They don't want to do it. They would rather see the United States default. And if the United States defaults, 
You think things are bad now? You know, these Republicans bitch about inflation. And by the way, they're 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 misstating the numbers. And again, I'm so not 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 an economist. Um, But I read a piece and let me see if I can't find this again, because um, it was uh, very telling. Um, You know, I'm on the mailing list for the American Prospect, which you should be as well. Uh, prospect.org is the website. By the way, they're not behind a paywall. They, they, they operate the way I do here at this show. You know, your donations are what sustains them. and so, But they don't limit anyone. They want you to get the information so you can read to your heart's content at prospect.org. And if you can afford to, support them. So anyway... I get this email today, and the, the headline, it's, it's Robert Kuttner. Uh, he writes a regular column there, and it, it says, The Misleading Reporting on Inflation. And, you know, I knew this was a thing, but again, I, 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 what I know about money is how to spend it. <laughs> and when you start talking economics, unless it's Stephanie Kelton talking, my eyes roll back in my head. So I'm not really good at explaining, but I can read this to you. And Robert Kuttner knows what he's talking about. He writes, the coverage overstates the problem, feeding the narrative of a necessary recession. Now, I did report over the last two days that there was good news on the inflationary front, because I know how to read those numbers. But he explains it very concisely and very clearly right here. So let me share this with you. Robert Kuttner wrote, If you saw the good news about declining inflation rates from the December report on the Consumer Price Index, you read that inflation declined from a 7.1% rate in November to 6.3% in December. But that's not what happened. The actual inflation rate in December was minus 0.1%, one-tenth of a percentage point. And for the last six months, prices have risen by a total of just 1.9%, or below the Fed's target of 2%. But if you read the New York Times story, you learned that, quote, the consumer price index climbed 6.5% in the year through last month, down from 7.1% in the November reading. Or, if you prefer the Wall Street Journal version, their version was, quote, the consumer price index, a measurement of what consumers pay for goods and services, rose 6.5% last month from a year earlier, down from 7.1% in November and well below a 9.1% peak in June. In fact, I know that line because I used it in yesterday's What's News report. But obviously, it was skewed reporting. Sorry, back to Kuttner. He writes, other major news outlets played it the same way. Obviously, if inflation is still running at 6.6%, the Fed needs to keep raising rates. But the true monthly inflation rate is the price rise or, as in December, the decline in that month. Not the comparison with the price level of a year ago. And by that accurate measure, the recent inflation bout is over, and it's time for the Fed to cut rates. The misrepresentation, this misrepresentation is journalistic malpractice, and it both reflects and reinforces the hawkishness 
of the Fed milieu and those who cover it. The Fed culture rewards writers who are alarmist about prices. Prices. They get access. They get called on at press conferences. But if you take a closer look and examine the December CPI report sector by sector, leaving out food and energy, which are more volatile month to month, you find that core inflation rose at an annual rate of 2.4% in November and 3.6% in December, or close to the historic norms. But even that good news is badly overstated because housing makes up more than a third of the core CPI. All commercial indexes show that the housing costs are coming down, but the official report showed them rising 0.8%, eight-tenths of a percentage point in December, or an annual rate of 9.6% because government statisticians use an out-of-date indicator of the imputed rental value of owner-occupied housing. All right, now it's getting a little into the weeds, but he writes, he wraps it all up saying, Uh, This is a little complicated, but it is not rocket science. It would be a public service if our financial writers reported and explained these numbers accurately and not in the Orwellian idiom of Fed speak. So there I'm going to have to try to get Robert Kuttner on the show to explain this to us in, in, you know, what I just read to you, which which does make sense. But of course, I've got questions. Um. But you see, uh, what's his name? Jerome Powell, the chair of the Fed, is saying we're going we're to still keep raising interest rates, but we won't do it at three quarters of a percentage point or maybe not even half. But we'll do it at 25 percent, you know, at, at, at a quarter of a percentage point. Really? Why do it at all? Can I tell you what's going on now? This raising of the interest rates is hurting people. Um, I might have mentioned on the show, I've certainly mentioned it in the chat room and on YouTube because those chatters know me better because we chat during recorded interviews, <laughs> um, that my daughter is looking for a car. Allison needs a car. She, she totaled hers. So she's fine. Thankfully, she's fine. But the car was totaled. So she's been looking. She's been looking now for a few weeks. And it's impossible. First of all, used cars are still exorbitantly expensive. And I know that has to do with the the chip shortage and supply chain and all that. So new cars, there was a shortage of new cars. So I guess people weren't turning in, trading in their used cars. So there's a used car shortage. And I'm telling you, a model car that, that new right now, like a new 2023 Car X, I'm just going to throw out a generalization, costs $23,000. Of course, that's the, that's the price they post online. It's not the price with, the, with uh, all the dealer fees and the taxes and everything, because there is no new car for $23,000 out the door, in case you were wondering. It just doesn't exist right now. But the, the add-ons are so exorbitant, and the interest rates are so crazy. But if a new card, Car X, costs twenty three thousand dollars, the and it's a decent car. I'm not talking about a clunker or a junker. Um, the 2021 version of that car, you might be lucky to get it for twenty one thousand. I mean, it's that crazy. The used car market is that crazy. So she's looking. Now, they advertise, and I'll get specific here because it really pisses me off. Hyundai 
is advertising this cool new car they have, the Kona. And they say, we have a lease deal because she wants to lease because it's cheaper up front, right? You pay a lower amount. And then at the end, if you want to buy it, you pay the residual. Um, And they have an offer in South Florida. And they say it's $3,999 due at signing. And it's $209 a month after that. I thought, cool, she can afford that. She can do that. So we talk to them. And then once they add in all the dealer destination fees and the taxes and all that, that $209 a month monthly payment is more than double. It's almost $500 a month. And so it doesn't exist. They are putting up an offer online making this offer and saying you know this this deal is available and getting my kids hopes up that she can get this car but it doesn't exist it's a unicorn they're advertising a unicorn and i'm pissed it, it, yeah terry's saying leasing is such a scam but buying is even more of a scam you can't my, my poor daughter she makes a decent living she can't find a car she can afford so anyway uh, Jan saying, don't lease. We're leasing our car and it's great. All right. I see our guest is here and I'm very excited. Um, so we're going to, we're going to switch. We're going to change gears now. Uh, so let me start by saying, and I know you guys know this, but I'm saying it for Rebecca's, um, uh, benefit. I live in Florida. I'm not going to be living in Florida much longer. And the reason we are packing up and moving to Arizona in a couple of months is because we have a governor who's a fascist. Um, Everything that's going on in the state that has gone on. Look, it was bad enough for the last eight years under Rick Scott, you know, Voldemort. Um, But Ron DeSantis is another, he's a, he's a creature of another skin. He, he is just, I don't know what he is, except he's really bad. He's a fascist. He's a bully. He's, he, he's real. I think he's a sadist. I think he's really got a, a messed up psyche. And I think his wife is there with him. These people are not normal. Um, and they're certainly not good. They're not good for the state of Florida and they're not good for humanity. All right. So I first learned of Rebecca Jones some years ago, when most of us did, during COVID, when she worked at the Florida Department of Health and started tracking COVID cases in the state. In fact, I'm just going to bring Rebecca in and let her pick it up from there. Uh, Rebecca, it is so nice to meet you. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's um been a Florida kind of day, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> About 10 minutes before this started, I got an email saying that my son's school was in lockdown <gasps> and that's why they weren't home yet. And so it just, yeah. Oh my God. In Florida. Uh, are, are they okay? Is he okay? Yeah, they, they sent out kind of a vague description of an incident um, that the sheriff's department was involved with that happened while they were getting on the buses to go home. And so they had to send everybody back in and they're just waiting for the unclear. But my son just texted me and said that um, they're saying they can go out to the buses now. So I assume oh, it's fine, but no idea what actually happened. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm, I'm glad 
they're okay because you know you hear lockdown i live in coral springs so parkland is right up the road so we yeah. went through that and i uh, you know that it scares the crap out of me now you have two young children your son what is he 13 now he's 13 now oh and i God. know that because i know he was 11 when the police came in and raided your house um your daughter was two your son was 11 and they pulled a gun on 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 the children um this is part of the problem i want to go back to the beginning because here's what i said a, a little while ago rebecca that so you have been vilified and and slandered and so many stories have been told about you i mean if you listen to what comes out of you know the florida republican party um I should be afraid of you. I shouldn't be talking to you because you're kind of scary. So yeah, I know, right? Should I fear you? Just kind of boring average life. But (laughs) that, that I think is what has always made me scary to them is, is that when everything happened, I was no one, no one had ever heard of me. I, you know, my family is not well off. They live in rural Mississippi. I had no connections. I wasn't politically active, you know, someone like me, shouldn't be able to, you know, put a major dent in the armor of somebody like DeSantis, but I did. And so they, in this kind of weird way, need to justify how I was able to become a household name across the country. Of course, because I'm a female, I'm manipulative, or um, I've been accused. Uh-oh. Oops. Sorry. There's something weird going on. With multiple governors. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, you're back. Sorry, we I lost your uh, audio for a second there. Um, uh, and it's doing it again. And I don't know why it's doing it. It did this the other day, too. And it shouldn't be happening. I'm just having weird. Ah, maybe this is the problem. Okay, hopefully it won't happen again. So Rebecca Jones, if you, you're a climate scientist. What's your background? And what were you doing at the Department of Health when COVID hit? So um, I actually was a dual major in earth sciences and communications through my bachelor's degree at Syracuse University, through my master of science degree at LSU, and through my doctoral studies at Florida State. After I finished my PhD coursework, I took a job at the Florida Department of Health to head up um, data analysis, geospatial analysis, things like that, mostly related to environmental health hazards, so things like toxic algae, um, toxic waste spills, things that would involve tracking how things pollute and um, impact public health. But about nine months after I started there, I got promoted to my boss's position and became the head of the entire like geospatial data system um, research department. And uh, that's where I was at just a few months before uh, COVID came to be. And because I was the only person who thought apparently that it was important to keep the public informed of what was going on um, and had a graphic design background because of all those communications degree in tandem with a robust statistical background, I ended up in charge of that project. So you you started this this online portal, basically a, a dashboard, mm-hmm. as it were, to track the cases of covid throughout the state. Were you were you too accurate? Because because the thing about Ron DeSantis is he never let the truth get in the way of, you know, his lies, he of his agenda. He would he would want to skew the 
his facts, I'm doing air quotes, to to meet his story. Like, for instance, I know that when he decided to open the state back up after shutdown sooner than anybody else, um, the data did not support it, but he wanted you to say it did. Is that right? Yes, that that's exactly right. Um, it's funny because if you go to the alt-right media, you'll hear all different versions of what's actually in my whistleblower complaint. But, you know, we actually have the complaint, so it's not that hard to look up. Um, it was very specific to asking me to alter data specifically to make it look like the data supported reopening in places where it did not. And in most places, it did not support reopening. But, you know, we were um, going to do it no matter what. And they decided to do it before they even consulted with us or the experts in epidemiology. They asked us to come up with the metrics to measure whether or not we were safe after the decision had been made. So when they saw the data for the first time and it didn't support the plan that they had already written, instead of, God forbid, revisiting their plan now that they were more informed, they decided to just make the data match the plan. And I said no, and I was in the way, so they just simply removed me. Now, before you got to that point, you were, you know, you were thought you were doing your job. You were thought that, oh, hold on, I'm sorry. We're not, we're not, whoa, we're not taking phone calls right now. Let me just, uh, let me shut out, shut out the phone. Sorry, caller from uh, Boston. We're, we're not doing that right now. I've got a guest. Um, so anyway, so Rebecca Jones is with us. So the, the, um, before that, you're working with the people in the governor's office who are tasked with this. Now, there was a Democrat on this COVID task force, I guess, uh, or a so-called Democrat, Jared Moskowitz, who happens to mm. now be my congressman. I didn't. I'm sorry about that. I did not vote for him. Just so you know, did not. <laughs> I, just so you know, I live in Coral Springs, right? This is my district. I knew Ted Deutsch pretty well. I knew Robert Wexler, Ted Deutsch's predecessor. I've been doing radio. I've been doing media. I, but but Jared Moskowitz, when, during the campaign, I reached out to him and the five other people who were running for that seat in the primary. The other five all came on the show. Jared Moskowitz didn't even have the decency to return a call or an email or a text or nor did any of his people. This is how he operates. So well, he took hundreds of thousands of dollars in crypto scam money. So he didn't really need to bother reaching out to the little people. Of course not. See, that's how it works. Now, some might ask, what was Jared Moskowitz, supposedly, a, you know, a good Democrat doing working with Ron DeSantis? Well, he got the job through Matt Gates. Oh. This is all public knowledge. <laughs> so Matt Gates and Jared Moskowitz were BFFs when they were both in the state legislature together. Oh. Matt Gates ran Ron DeSantis's transition team into his new government, and he was the one who recommended Jared Moskowitz for the job. And after Jared resigned um, on the anniversary of Parkland, no less, he um, DeSantis then appointed him to county commissioner in where he lives. That's so right. the last two positions he's had before this, he got from um, Ron DeSantis and Matt Gates, respectively. Wow. Wow. The more you know, just saying. He was also the last person, that friend of DeSantis, if DeSantis has friends, who killed himself recently because he was involved in this sex trafficking. I cannot remember his name. Um, th his last campaign donation was to Jared Moskowitz. Oh, my God. Yeah, only you know ever donated far right Republicans, but they all gave money to Jared Moskowitz. Wow, 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 wow! Yeah, you know Jared Moskowitz. Just remember that name. 
it, it's sad. Look, I criticized Ted Deutsch. I criticized him when he left to go take his new job because he left when business was still to be done. And he's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm done there. It's just irresponsible. But now we replace him with this guy. Anyway, in your whistleblower complaint, you allege that you were fired out of retaliation for what you described as your refusal to be part of a, quote, misleading and politically driven narrative that ignored the data and the science. Um, they're saying that you resigned. Um, why? That you did something wrong? What, what are, what, what's their claim? Officially, um, I was offered the option to resign in lieu of termination. But in order to do that, I would have had to waive my right to ever sue. So my official reason for termination was there wasn't one. It says that I was an at-will employee and could be dismissed at any time for any reason or no reason at all. And it was under that Florida statute that I was being dismissed. They didn't even bother to make something up. Wow. Well, that is Florida, by the way. It's a right to work for less state and you have no rights as a, as a worker. They could fire you at any job. Um, so you, you, you left, you were fired, but the work, you knew COVID was raging. And so then this report showed up on, on the TV. The woman who helped create Florida's COVID-19 dashboard and was fired after accusing her supervisors of trying to paint a rosier picture has launched her own. The numbers posted by Rebecca Jones are higher than those posted by the Florida Department of Health, reporting more than 7,000 additional cases and more than 90 additional deaths. The Florida Department of Health says Jones exhibited a repeated course of insubordination during her tenure. Katie Johnston for CBSMiami.com. Insubordination. Is that just like refusing to go along with their lies? Yeah. I mean, again, that's not what's on my termination letter, but um, insubordination for refusing to manipulate data. Sure. I'll, I'll concede that I was insubordinate by not following an on unlawful um, order to put people's lives in danger. Um, but th- but you did this for a while. You kept up with the information. You're like, screw it. I'm going to I'm going to get the truth out there because people need to know. And people in Florida live in denial and, and, you know, prompted by the governor who I call death sentence because it's just it fits him. So. Then is it during this time that all of a sudden there's a knock on your door and the house is right? What happened? How did we get to that point? Yeah, so I launched the alternative tracking dashboard. I think it was June 11th or 12th, and it was six months later um, that my house was raided early in the morning. Uh, They didn't have a warrant when they showed up, uh, but they put a gun to my head and told me to open the door. So, you know, that's what you do. And um, I thought they were just there for me. And, you know, I walked out calmly had my hands up. I was like, okay, whatever's happening is going to happen. I'm just going to go along with it. but then they came inside my house and drew weapons that had been holstered out after I told them that my husband and my two kids were inside and then, you know, held us at gunpoint in my living room for three hours while they waited on a warrant and um, left eventually. Wow. And they left with uh, with some of your belongings. Um, a lot of belongings. A lot that, sh- I mean, their warrant, which was signed by a judge who had just been appointed, it was his first warrant ever oh, by God. DeSantis, most recent DeSantis appointee, um, basically gave them permission to steal anything that had electronic aspects to it. So they stole 
uh, thumb drives with evidence against the state against it. Of course, I'm smart. Everything's backed up. Um, so it's not like they were going to get everything. Um, things that, you know, old laptops that I had had in storage, they just basically took everything that was electronic and, um, yeah, that was, uh, that now, was something. Now, during this time, you also, you did the alternative dashboard. You also started working with Google on something tracking COVID through schools. Yeah, I actually founded the, um, COVID monitor, that was back at the very end of July of 2020. Um, I was kind of just, I think, taken aback by the lack of information that was being shared about, you know, one of the most vulnerable populations in the country, which was our kids. I was like, my son was about to go back to school and I had no idea whether it was safe or what was going to happen. Um, and uh, I was kind of looking around to see if somebody else was going to step up and nobody did. So I did. We did it in most U.S. states. We had a mix of reporting methods that way, you know, states that are, let's say, less transparent or don't report at all could be compensated with by individual districts that took it upon themselves to report, which a lot did. Um, and public reporting directly to us from school officials who we would verify that they're school officials and try to chase down as much information, always reach out to the school and ask if they can confirm or deny. Um, most don't answer, but occasionally a few did. And um yeah, so it was a pretty big project that, you know, me and a couple of other people should not be doing, you know, from our home computers, but right. the federal government failed to do it. So we did it. Wow. Well, that also was when the former guy was in office. So it's not like you had anybody wanting to get at the truth about what was going on with COVID, right? Well, uh, I don't like, I feel like people are overly and unnecessarily critical of Biden, but we decommissioned and the COVID tracking project run out of the Atlantic decommissioned because we were told that the Biden administration planned on robustly tracking all of these different aspects in the new year. Schools was never done. Wow. Never done at the federal level. Aye. And it still enrages me to this point because, you know, Biden, of course, ran off of this whole get schools open in 90 days thing. And if they had paid any attention to what was going on in schools and were following the data, um, they would have not opened schools back up anywhere. And um, I guess they went the opposite route of DeSantis was, well, if the data doesn't support us, we just won't track it instead uh. of just change what we've tracked so that it supports us. So, But either way, um, yeah, I continued to track it until I think May of that year. Wow. Um, it's, so it, you must feel weird sending your kids off to school, knowing what you know, that it's probably not safe. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it was weird. I actually found out about cases in my son's school through my own website first oh, God. Um, rather than the school. Wow. And um, when I posted about that, because I obviously had amassed, you know, a significant following, especially in Florida, I was actually chewed out by a school official oh, about posting it. And they're like, well, it takes us time. I was like, I didn't say that it was your fault. Or that there weren't systemic, you know, problems that caused delays in notification. I said, I found out through my own website, and you've confirmed it since then, that there were cases in my son's school, and that's problematic. It's not your job to make it unproblematic. It's an issue that we shouldn't be in school. Right. Um, and again, and shortly you... after that, we decided to take him home and do virtual school. For oh, wow. Year. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I get it. I, I'm Look, I've never been happier that my kid is out of school. My daughter is now 23. So I, I like not having to deal with a kid in school during COVID, I can't imagine. But you're in the position of tracking 
the disease. So you know it's out there and you've been shut down, told not to do it or told to change the information, to fudge the facts, to meet with the governor's desires to open up the state again. So that's what you've been dealing with all along. You were eventually charged with a crime. You were supposed to go to court like in 10 days. What was the charge? What what was the charge? What were you charged with? Well, the case is dismissed, thank God. Um, but uh, initially they had claimed that someone sent a text message to former co-workers of mine telling them in November of 2022, speak out, be honest. And I, essentially the message was don't be a part of the lies and the cover-up just to come forward. Um, that is the reason why they raided my house. Of course, they didn't find any proof of that. So, Oh, so they're um, saying they you decided- sent the message, you're saying you didn't. Or yes. did you? Okay. Um, and um, they just decided to dismiss it about a month ago, actually. Now, okay, um, but I'm looking, I, I just Googled Rebecca Jones. And what comes up on the first page, first, there's your Wikipedia entry. There's your candidacy for Congress, and we'll get to that. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, I, I can only see a few words here, so I'm scrolling down to read a full full headline, and it says Rebecca Jones signs plea deal admitting guilt. Did you yep. sign a plea you, deal? And tell me who that is. This is it's probably the National Review. This is PNJ. What is Pensacola News Journal? That's oh. up in your neck of the woods. Yeah, um, we actually have a potential major libel lawsuit because a plea deal is when you plead guilty in exchange for some kind of lesser charge. And I didn't plead guilty. I pled not guilty and got a dismissal. Wow. So this. But that's a local paper that's Mm -hmm. notoriously bad. I mean, they wouldn't write about our campaign during when we were running against Matt Gaetz. Oh, my God. They left me off of their ballot guide when they printed it and sent it out to people in the district. They just forgot to add the name of the Democratic candidate, Um, which is all kinds of messed up. But, you know, that's the kind of. Climate of the local area, right? Right. Here. There's another one. What is this? The uh, South Santa Rosa News. Their headline reads yes. Rebecca Jones avoids trial, admits guilt in plea deal with prosecutors. That's the headline. Yep. They went with plea deal, which is an incredibly stupid thing to do considering how much that opens you up to a lawsuit because a plea deal is a legal action where you you would change your plea to guilty and i didn't have to because they agreed to dismiss right but even the miami herald the miami herald december 12th article headline reads charges against former state health department worker dismissed after she admits guilt yeah that is the way that it should have been phrased okay is the charges are being dismissed which is not the same as a guilty plea which i don't the right is very good at injecting their own opinions on those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I had to admit that I had a document on my computer uh, that had contact details for my former coworkers um, because that's what they ended up actually charging me for because they couldn't find proof of this alleged text. And so I did not admit that I got it illegally or that I wasn't supposed to have it because the state of Florida emailed it to me three times during COVID alone. Um, but they're claiming I had no right to have it. So I admitted that it was in my possession. Wow. Yeah, it says uh, Jones was later charged with an offense against users of computers, computer systems, computer networks and electronic devices. A third degree felony. Jones officially admitted guilty as guilt as part of the December 8th agreement. 
Um, but this is what they do to get you to you know, cut a deal. So, so what are the what are the um, what do you have to do to get through this uh, post arrest time? Yeah. So in order for the dismissal to stay, I have to do a bunch of stuff that most of it's pretty standard. Like I'm not allowed to break the law again. Um, you know, and it's been two years since this happened and I haven't. So, you know, that's going to be pretty easy and, um, regular stuff. Like you can't do drugs. Um, you have to submit to randomized drug testing and I'm a pretty lame person. Apparently I've never even tried marijuana, so I'm good with that. Um, Community service hours are required, which is pretty standard. The only thing that was not um, was paying the police a $20,000 bribe. Oh, my God. Oh, investigative costs you have to pay. Investigative costs. Wow. $20,000 is not a drop in the bucket. It's a lot of money. No, it's not. It's a lot of money. Wow. That was the one thing like they would not drop is that I have to pay for the time that cops spent pointing guns at my kids. Oh my God! Now, do you have a do you have a, a, a do you have a case against them? Because it sounds like the, what they did is target you. They belittled you. They demeaned you. They slandered you, and they did this to you. But uh, I guess you have no recourse, or do oh, you? No, we do. Uh, we have until March, I think, to file our lawsuit, and we've been working on it um, really over the last two and a half years, but especially over the break. Um, as long as we file it, I forget what the specific date is in March. Um, yeah, we have a couple months to get it together and file it before the deadline. Okay. Now, in the middle of all this, you decided, you know what? Matt Gates is a, is what he is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, that's exactly what I was going to say, and I, I stopped, but you said it for me. Um, and you decided to run against him for that seat in Congress. Now, you live in the Pensacola area. It's the Florida panhandle. It's like Alabama minor, sort of, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Florida, something like that. Um, yeah. So I was living in Tallahassee um, before everything happened. Um, but my whole family's from Mississippi. And, you know, I, my daughter was born in Florida and my son grew up in Florida. And so I wanted to f- continue to fight for Florida. I was just trying to find a better way to do it. Um, other than being a science advocate, which, you know, clearly had its limits. And so, you know, I've always been long embarrassed by Matt Gates, as many of us are here, and there was no one even flirting with the idea of running against him. And when you're that famous, you kind of need somebody famous to take him on who's not afraid to call him a son of a bitch um, when he's doing that. And so it's like, you know what? What do I have to lose? You know, this somebody needs to try to stand up to this guy who's not, you know, entrenched in all of the political and bureaucratic crap that goes on in politics. And so, yeah, you did a crazy uh, political <laughs> campaign go on for about a year and a half. Wow. Now, now there was a time when was, were you not able to declare your candidacy because of the pending uh, arrest or, or what happened there? No, um, no. Interestingly that no pending like charges or investigations prohibits anybody from running from <laughs> or office. lying about um, everything that nothing prohibits you from running. Yeah, right? I know. Right. Um, which is part of the reason they probably drug it out and waited to dismiss it. And then I mean, they came to me almost exactly one month after the election to say that they were willing to dismiss it. I was like, Oh yeah, that's not political at all. No. Um, I also got my Twitter account back. Um, 
about three weeks after the election. And I was banned from Twitter the entire time I was running my campaign, despite having hundreds of thousands of you know followers. But they gave that back right after the election as well. But um, there was a somebody switched my party registration in Maryland in like of June of 2021. And um, they tried to argue that that made me ineligible. But because we you weren't won. a Democrat for a full year or something before you alleged. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's Even though I've been a Democrat since I was 18. But, um, you know, we took it to courts and the state Supreme Court three to zero ruled in my favor. And these were three DeSantis appointees. Wow. So we thought there wasn't going to be a shot in hell, but they did. Um, that was the day before the election. Oh, my God. So I was only free and clear on the ballot. There was a huge question of whether or not I was even going to be eligible to be on the ballot. I see. Um, and so the day before um, we won the case. And so, yeah, it it was um, interesting uh, turn of events. But and of course, if you live in Florida, you know that we early vote and mm-hmm. vote by mail yes, for like a full month before the election. So in about two thirds of the people who are going to vote do so before Election Day. And so I was only free and clear on the ballot one day voting the very last day. Oh, that sucks. Now, and we know Matt <laughs> Gates is still in Congress and you're not. So we know what happened. And uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry on so many levels. I'm, not, I'm sorry for to you, for the people of Florida voting for that guy. And um it shouldn't be that way. So are you now, do you, or, or I, I'm, I'm sure you're working because you're like me. I work, but I don't have a job. Do you have a job? Um, I'm going back to school to finish my PhD, but I'm switching my dissertation into political science and communications to specifically study and combat disinformation online and disinformation campaigns, um, particularly those led by foreign influence. And so I'm going to be starting that um, this summer. Oh, that's great. Uh, I'm glad to hear that Um, because and and you can bring your other uh, talents and knowledge in. You know, being able to do the statistics thing to me is like (laughs) is a superpower. You know, the fact that you could put those dashboards together, I, you know, I, I, I. I wouldn't even know how to start. So you have a lot of abilities. You have a lot of education. You have a lot of knowledge. You're a very smart woman. I, I'm listening to your story, and I'm, I'm there's a huge disconnect here, Rebecca, because if you listen to the media narrative that has obviously come down from on high in Tallahassee and DeSantis' office, they have done a masterful job of smearing you, of slandering you, because... Everything that I've been told, and and I know it's effective because I've heard it from people who should know better than to believe their bullshit. Oh, she's a bit crazy. She's she's like a loose cannon. You, she's she's nuts. You can't really trust her. We're- yeah, it's insane that you can be in the public eye for two and a half years and have an entire like right wing subset of people rooting for you to have an emotional breakdown and yet still stay calm and collected and kicking ass the entire time and be like, guys. No offense, but if I didn't have one after the raid on my house, it ain't going to happen. So you can keep with your Twitter terror campaign. The great thing about it is, is that nobody cares anymore. You know, when they used to, because they harass any mention of me on Twitter, will meet with the same circle of troll accounts. Most of them are run by a handful of people who make it look like there's more of them than they are. 
Um, so you'll see Dan Goldwasser, you'll see Max Nordeau, you'll see Rosie or, you know, the SoCal hippie or Florida hippie or whatever she's using now. A lot of them pose as progressives. Um, they actually wrote up a 30-page instruction manual that was recently leaked to me on how to turn people against me. Wow. Um, you know, they said, make sure you emphasize that you're a Democrat or you're a progressive or that you believe, once believed her or you were on their team so that people don't discount your opinion right away for you being an alt-right troll. Because if somebody says, well, I'm a Democrat too, even if we should know better, we immediately kind of drop our guard a little bit because, you know, they're one of the tribe. Right. And so maybe what they have to say is value. Whereas if they said, I'm MAGA Trump and this bitch is a liar, you're never going to listen to anything they have to say. Right. And that's um, why I said it. People who should know better are saying this stuff. So they these accounts who are, there's about 30 of them and they're run by about eight people, basically try, it's a psychological terror type of thing to convince people that the things that are published on places like the National Review, um, you know, which is a huge DeSantis publication or from the daily mail i still see that article pop up a lot and i'm like you're talking about the fucking daily mail right are you kidding me it's like what is wrong with you people but they have no lives this is what they do all the time but people now they don't give a shit no um before it used to seem very effective and now you'll see the responses be like mm, yeah okay bud you know with your anonymous account and fuck off we don't give a shit about the daily mail and i was like god i was so glad that there's still good people out there <laughs> And there are, and we need to, this, we need so. to get together, but, but I'll tell you something, their, their, their attacks on you are so pervasive. They're everywhere. And again, as I said, I hear it from people who should know better people whose opinion I usually respect. And so I reached out before I, I invited you on the show again and uh, to Carolina Ampudia, who is the, um, the head of the Florida democratic progressive caucus of Florida. And, she loves you. She thinks you're great. And and it's like, uh, that's what I needed to hear. Because I do too. Everything, I mean, I followed your whole story. And then all of a sudden, one day, wait a minute, she's it's crazy? She targeted disinformation campaign. And it didn't start until after the raid. Because before that, I was not really super famous. I was just kind of Florida obscure famous within <laughs> the COVID scene. Right. But after the raid went viral... Um, I was kind of launched into this international stardom, which was bizarre. Um, and I have all kinds of feelings about why no one should have that kind of platform or audience um, without really taking it seriously, which I didn't always do and still don't, um, which is my own flaw, of course. And I have plenty of them and I could list a laundry list of them. But unironically, you know, they're not any of the things that these people say. Um, impulsivity might be the one that overlaps between what I would call a personal flaw and what those people say I am. I hear um, it. We're, we're alike in that. Impulsivity <laughs> made me create that alternative dashboard because mm -hmm. I was tired of waiting around and decided to do something or to run for Congress because I was tired of waiting around and decided to do something. So yeah, the, I guess that part is there, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is specifically targeted to discredit me because I became a hero in Florida and the country and DeSantis was a very clear villain and he could not allow that image to persist. Exactly. So and, run, yeah. and that's the, that's, I mean, I want to, I've been wanting to talk to you since you launched that alternative dashboard. I am a fan. I have been a fan. And, and, and this whole disinformation, this smear campaign against you has really bothered me. And so I'm, I'm glad we we're able to connect. I also know that, that DeSantis 
is is a wicked is a just a a, a particularly evil kind of nasty person. Um, he just really is, and I'm trying to inform the rest of the nation that and the media who insists on saying, "Well, he's a more moderate version of Donald Trump." No, he is not. He's more of a um, gas concentration camp type of person than Donald Trump. And the sooner that people realize that, the better. You know, unironically, it was Jared Moskowitz who told me after the raid when I asked him why he was doing this to me, why my family, why now, that Moskowitz said that he was relentless and obsessive and he'd seen it in the past. Uh, He was talking about DeSantis. But how about... How about Jared Moskowitz? Because he was like playing a double agent, wasn't he? He was acting like he was your friend. He wasn't your friend. We don't like to speculate about other people's motivations much, but Jared Moskowitz knows that he took a big risk by sending me the kinds of stuff that you could get charged with misuse of computer system for sending to someone like me. So... I don't know. I want to believe that it was a point in time where he really was trying to just do the right thing. And there was information that he thought should be in the public domain that he knew I would get there um, that he didn't want his hands on. And he sent me data that I, that no one else could get access to at some point um, things changed. And right after the raid, I told him that if he knew or in any way was a part of what happened to my kids, I'd never forgive him. And he swore up and down that he didn't. And then a couple of months after that, he slipped up and told me that he had a conversation with DeSantis about how he needed to back off, that it had gone too far, um, that attacking me like that and getting caught on camera was not something he was going to make go away. Um, and I said, I thought you said you didn't talk about me with him. Uh-uh. He said, well, I, you know, I was an advisor to him this whole time. So, and I was like, and what did you say before the raid? He said, well, he said, well, I told him, you know, she doesn't care about fame. She doesn't care about money. The only thing she seems to care about is a family. So what are you going to do? I was like, and Jared. And then three weeks later, he raided my fucking house. So oh my God, what did you think that was going to, and he likes to pretend like, oh, I don't know. I couldn't have foreseen that. And I was like, you you told me yourself right after the raid that he's obsessive and relentless. So yeah, you should have known. That's. But I, I don't know what his problem or what his deal is. He just seems to be someone who will do whatever it takes to enrich himself, who maybe has good tendencies and morally just leanings, but will toss those aside when it's politically advantageous. Wow. So you're you're going back to school. Are you staying yeah. in Florida? Well, the I have two offers. Neither of them are in Florida. <laughs> DeSantis is currently waging a war on Florida universities as well. Oh, my God. And, um, Did you see what he's doing at the new college? Yeah. So it, I need to have my education where I don't have to worry about a Ph.D. committee getting threatened and then not granting my degree. Yeah. Um, so that's outside of his reach. But um, I don't plan on staying away forever. Okay. Um, I, I don't know why you uh, look, I, I, like I said, I, I'm from New York. Family moved down here when I was 11, went to, through college. I went to USF and then I left. I went to New York, stayed there for five years, went to California, was there for 15, went to New Hampshire, became back. <laughs> I, to this day, I don't know why, because this, well, the state used to be cool. It used to be blue. And then it was kind of purple, and now it is DeSantis, Trump, 
fascist. It is a fascist state. What they're doing here is just horrible. And I certainly don't want to be here. Why, do you just want to come back to, to fight? To fight. Not everybody who's here is on board with that. And the people here supported me through everything that I went through. And they deserve people to stand up for them, too. I mean, I grew up in Mississippi, the poorest state in the country. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom lives in a trailer and my dad's a truck driver. And people who got a break, got out and left and never looked back. And that's why things never change. If every person that has the power to do something about what's happening just washes their hands of it and finds a way to make their own selves better and doesn't come back and fight for home, then... We'll just end up with great places and absolutely awful places. And I don't want Florida to become that. Well, good for you. You you know what? I'm so glad we had this conversation. I'm glad people got to hear you because we need to fight back against the narrative, against the smear campaign, against their attacks on you because they're unwarranted and they're reprehensible. And this is the kind of shit that that DeSantis does, that Gates does. We need to be better than this. And when we see one of our own getting attacked, we need to stand up for her or him or them um, and, and not let that happen. And so I'm, yeah. I'm so glad we were able to have this conversation. So um, right now, I mean, is there a time frame for going back to school? I mean, are you in limbo? And, and how, how are your kids dealing yeah, with Yeah, I'm this? in limbo until the summer when we move mm-hmm. um, because, you know, starting at the next school session. But right now I'm actually I have my own podcast that I'm doing with um, Dr. Cindy Banyai, who ran for Florida's 19th against Byron Daniels, another Florida embarrassment. I'm starting a political action committee um, called Saving America 2024 to take on all the insurrectionists and maggots that are in office from the top to the bottom, targeting those races to try to remove as many of those people as possible. You know, the old fashioned way, which we call elections. Uh And um, I'm working on a few other projects um, that one of which I can't say anything about yet. It's a long story and okay. um but you'll see a lot of the people from that disinformation campaign get their uh upcomings cool very soon cool. where can people find where you and follow fi- you so i am back on twitter at geo rebecca mm-hmm. my name is spelled the traditional way so it's r-e-b-e-k-a-h obviously i'm on facebook post tribal instagram mastodon um, the other one mastodon <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> pretty much all of them I think the winner is going to be the person who develops the app that allows you to simultaneously post your content on all of them at once. Yep. That's the new future. Like, that's what I kind of want to build. Do it. Like, post you all. You know, Do and then it. you're done. Right. You know, and just consolidate all the comments and messages into one app. That would be great. Definitely. Um, my website, of course, is misinformational.com. So it's miss is an M-I-S informational.com. That's where we are dealing with a lot of the disinformation kind of nation and combating that kind of stuff. And um, those, I think, are the major key points for right now. Great. And I'll put it all on the blog. Um, uh, Somebody in the chat room suggested you run for governor. I'll go for that. But we need to we need to we need to push back against their narrative better first and get this out there because I'm sick of them, you know, turning you into something you're not. You, you're you an amazing, brilliant, beautiful, smart, capable woman. And how dare they? I think you just highlighted all of the reasons why they come after me so well, hard. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And so fuck them. Mostly fuck the woman and the young thing, but yeah, other things as well. Without a doubt. Yeah, I did not like that. That whole jab that he made about overeducated millennials was about me oh, because I'm more educated than him. And I was, I just thought it was like this. So we're now in the world where a woman who's younger than you can run against you, but because she's more educated than you, that means she's overeducated, even though you're like eight years, my senior, but okay, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll, we'll attack multiple science degrees over you and your advanced degree, which is a law degree, but whatever. And oh my God. Uh, okay. Just since you're here, Joseph Latipo, what the hell is he? This is Florida's mm. Surgeon General who is warning people not to get vaccinated, telling them not to. I mean, this is disinformation at its worst, isn't it? Oh, it's its own breed of there's actually a, a level that's worse than disinformation. It's called malinformation. Yeah. So misinformation is information that you share not knowing that it's not true. So like a lot of the people that you were speaking about who are just sharing stuff that's not true, then don't know any better. That's misinformation. Right. Disinformation is the person who made that false information. It's intentionally false and intended to mislead. Um, And then malinformation is the worst of all kinds. It's when you strategically design information that's not just false, but harmful um, for the specific intent of causing harm. And that's that's pretty much everything that Dr. Demon Seaman is in one kind of (laughs) word is malinformation. I love that name. um, I'm going to steal that. Yeah. And Peter Hote has has said quite a lot um, about him. He's the uh, amazing friend of mine who was nominated for the Nobel Prize for developing the COVID-19 vaccine. And um, DeSantis and his office attack him relentlessly. He's not even in Florida. He's in Texas. But because he is a public figure of good and who is vocal about the harm that people like DeSantis are doing, all of DeSantis's people attack him all the time too. It's the same troll network relentlessly. They talk about having Nuremberg 2.0 and that they're going to hang him and that he's like a Nazi oh, um, trying to kill children in brown countries. I mean, this is first of all, the nicest man I've ever met in my life. Um, probably, I mean, no person's perfect, but you know, if I had to have a symbol of just good person doing the right thing, in all aspects of the life, it's Dr. Peter Hotez. And the way that they paint him, you would think that he's a psychotic, um, what do they call the doctors who are crazy? Not quacks, but um, a mad man- scientist. Oh, mad you know, scientist. Right. Well, and, and, there's, and they're doing it to Dr. Fauci, too. This is a man who's devoted his entire life to protecting the health and welfare of the American people. And they're targeting him in the same way. It's criminal. Yeah. It really is. It it's is. It's sad. And then anytime you see that network get all in a fever about something, uh, it's it's usually a directive. It's usually paid. Um, Chris Boozy at Bot Sentinel does a lot of like hate campaign trackers online. So they look at the irregular activity of all of these accounts that only po- post specific things or, you know, harass any hashtag or user who posts about certain things. That's what they do to me. Um, they make it really simple with your programs. They have automated responses. They have escalations. Again, there's a 30 page guidebook on exactly how you should introduce false material about me. Um, it was really difficult for me to get through that document personally, because I'm a person, every time I see something false, it's like, okay, but this isn't true. And I was like, if I have to keep stop and like saying that every line, I'm never going to get through it. Um, but it got very extreme. Um, it's like the more that someone is pulled into it, especially if they're a, you know, a progressive, 
get more extreme with the lies that you tell them. Yeah. So at one point they start telling people that I'm a pedophile. Um, That's their favorite course, line of, of attack. Are, right. They do that yeah. for everybody. So you're in good yeah. company. So, at least. you know, it's, it's all projection. I ran against an actual. Yes, you pedophile, did. So yes, the did. only way to make me seem on him level, his level is to accuse me of something with no evidence or suggestion whatsoever. Um, but of course they don't use their real names because then I could sue them for defamation. <sighs> Um, they talk, oh, oh, I'm going to hide because it's like, what, you think I'm going to show up at your fucking house? I was like, no, I'm going <laughs> to pull a gun you. on your kids. Yes, I will. Yeah, sue I'm going to sue the shit out of you. And you know it. And you know, I'll win. That's why you're hiding because you're a coward. Anytime someone won't use their real name, that's usually a pretty big red flag. If they're not talking about like CIA secrets. There's no reason for them to hide their identity. I agree. It's, it's just sad and pathetic. I agree. Well, Rebecca Jones, it was great to meet you finally, again, from a longtime fan. And I'm glad that my instincts are correct. You're wonderful. Follow her, Geo Rebecca. I'll put links on uh, to the website and everything on the blog where I post the show. It'll be at NicoleSandler.com slash 1-13-23 because that's the date. Rebecca, you're great. Uh, anything I can do for you, please let me know because I will. you I, are doing you. important I mean... work and we need to we need to stick together. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so glad we were finally able to do this. Um, have a great night. Hug your kids extra and um, uh, keep and keep us posted. I'll follow you. Yeah, I am following you on Twitter. I'll follow you and, <laughs> and uh, let people know because, yeah, you got a lot of fans in the chat room as well. Awesome. Well, right. thank you guys, too. And um, I try to be accessible. Um, so if you want to message me, just shoot me an email or a, a Twitter message or Facebook or whatever. And I try to get back to people as soon as I can. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Bye. Take care. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Uh, Bye-bye. Rebecca Jones, uh, uh, you know, look, I'm so glad we did that interview. Um, I'll be honest with you. I was a little nervous because of the stories that I'd been told. And they're all bullshit. Say that again. Bullshit. Thank you. They're, it's all bullshit. And I, you know what? I knew it because it was coming from Ron DeSantis, who is a piece of shit, of certifiable shit. God, it's amazing that they, they did this to this woman. I'm, I'm disgusted. All right. With that, we're done. Um, yeah. She needs the connections of Pensacola's fair and cousins. You know what? I, I'm, I'll send her an email and, and ask her if she knows Mike Papantonio because um, she should. They should know each other. All right. Uh, with that, it's the weekend. I'm going to take a moment just to tell you about uh, the Blendjet 2 because I, I told you yesterday and I didn't do a great job of it. But I had a smoothie right before the show started and it was so good and it worked like a charm. It's easy. You fill it up with water. With ice, you can put in fruit, you can put in yogurt, you can put in whatever you're going to put in, and you can take it with you to work. And then when you're ready to, you know, it it, it closes, um, or have it with you for a snack at, during the middle of the day. It's real. It's a push button. I'm not going to do it with nothing in here because they tell you not to do that. Um, it's awesome and it's easy. Uh, it's portable. You can blend up a smoothie at work. Uh, a protein shake at the gym or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in the cup holder in your car, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Um, it's really quiet, too, so you can make your morning smoothie and not wake up the whole house. 
uh, there are it, it, each charge and you know batteries it, it charges with a USB thing and each charge lasts for 15 blends and it recharges really quickly we have a special going on if you go to blendjet.com and put in the code sent by Nicole 12 you'll get 12% off and yes I get a commission for each sale so um, it's it's I love it and they have all kinds of cool colors mine is a little like a sort of a um, a poor thing. And that's my daughter calling me. So I'm going to go now. <laughs> um, again, blendjet.com. Put in the code uh, sent by Nicole 12. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm going to leave you with the news. And thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And um, yeah, I'll see you Monday. All right. Um, bye. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. Yeah, I'm dating myself, but it is beginning to sound like a scratched record skipping. Powerful storms are moving across the country, leaving widespread damage and wreaking havoc on millions of people in its wake. In the south, one severe storm reportedly spawned at least 35 tornadoes on Thursday, killing at least seven people, including a child, as search efforts continue. Meanwhile, Floods in California have left trails of destruction across the state, and the storms that are headed that way this weekend will likely add to the problems. Millions of people, again, will be under flood watches, with at least three storm systems expected to impact several regions across the state. Some of the areas that are already drenched are bracing for at least five more inches of rain or more. Stay safe. Come on, man. President Joe Biden is now facing a special counsel investigation after classified files from his time as vice president under Barack Obama were found at his private office in Washington and his home in Delaware. The discoveries seem to have overjoyed the new House Republican majority, where they're launching a trove of congressional investigations and inquiries, but they still don't see the former guy's actions as a problem. Just saying. On Thursday... Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed a former Maryland U.S. attorney, Robert Herr, as special counsel to take over that investigation. Herr was nominated by the former guy in 2017 and most recently worked in private practice. President Biden told reporters he was cooperating fully with the Department of Justice and the White House said it's confident the probe will show the documents were, quote, inadvertently misplaced. Totally different situation than that of the former guy. Just saying. In other legal news, Thursday gave us opening statements in the seditious conspiracy trial of former Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio and four lieutenants from the far-right group. Assistant U.S. Attorney Jason McCullough said that the Proud Boys, whose goal was to keep the then-President Trump, in power, decided to launch a coordinated attack on, quote, the heart of our democracy and joined the January 6, 2021 attack on the Capitol to prevent the peaceful transition of power. McCullough showed jurors this video clip from the first 2020 presidential debate. Stand back and stand by. Who could forget that? Defense lawyers said there was no evidence of a Proud Boys plot accusing prosecutors of, quote, trying to build this conspiracy that does not exist. Come on, man. The Consumer Price Index, a key inflation gauge, fell to an annual rate of 6.5% in December, its sixth straight monthly decline. 
The December rate was down from 7.1 in November and a peak of 9.1% in June. On a monthly basis, prices fell 0.1 percentage point in December. But the core CPI, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, rose by 5.7% last month from a year earlier. The December figures were in line with expectations. Declining gas prices and airfares helped bring down inflation a bit, boosting hopes that the Federal Reserve will continue slowing its aggressive campaign of interest rate hikes intended to slow down the economy and with it bring down inflation. Enough with the interest rate hikes already. So the new Nebraska governor, Jim Pillen, on Thursday appointed the former Nebraska governor, his predecessor, Pete Ricketts, to the Senate seat vacated by former Senator Ben Sass, who resigned to become the new president of the University of Florida. Pillen said he interviewed nine Republicans for the vacancy and chose Ricketts because he believes he'll win a special election for the seat in the fall and a full term in 2026. All right. Good luck to him. In a related story, the current occupant of the Florida governor's mansion is now installing a new $300,000 swimming pool at the home that Ben Sass, the former Nebraska senator that DeSantis named the new president of the University of Florida, will be living at for free. At the same time, DeSantis is putting his maggot stamp of control on Florida State Universities. He's now taken aim at the smallest one, the 700-student New College of Florida. It's known as a liberal arts school and a safe LGBTQ haven, and it lists as one of its core values as being a, quote, just, diverse, equitable, and inclusive community on campus. But now DeSantis is vowing to transform the new college into a conservative institution, modeling it on the conservative education policies of Hillsdale College, a small Christian college in Michigan. Wow. To further those goals, he appointed six new conservative board members to the board of directors of the new college, including a high-profile conservative activist, Chris Rufo, and others who have affiliations with right-wing think tanks that will take the new college from what it is and turn it into something completely opposite. Well, it's Friday the 13th, and the Trump Organization is to be sentenced today after conviction for tax schemes. Two Trump Organization entities will be sentenced by a New York judge for running a decade-long tax fraud scheme. The Trump Corporation and the Trump Payroll Corporation were both convicted last month of 17 felonies, including tax fraud and falsifying business records. Under New York law, the most the companies can be fined is about $1.6 million. But accordingly, the sentencing will be more of a symbolic moment as it's the only judgment for a criminal conviction that has come close to the former guy. Yeah, keep an eye on Georgia, Fulton County, Fannie Willis, just saying. So it may be Friday the 13th, but the Mega Millions jackpot will draw for $1.3 billion tonight. The 13th, $1.3 billion. If I'm not here Monday, you'll know why. And finally, Lisa Marie Presley, the only daughter of the late Elvis Presley, died Thursday after suffering an apparent cardiac arrest. She leaves behind her mother and three children. Lisa Marie Presley was 54 years old. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener supported and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com and please click on that donate button.